Okay. Seems good. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. All right, William. You guys went seven and zero. Is that correct? You guys went that undefeated. That is absolutely true. Yes, sir. How many games did you lose? Individual games. I think two. We lost one to Gladiators because we got Huskard. And then we lost one to OG because we wanted to test something. Oh. Wanted to test something, huh? Yeah. I mean, Sounds like the test didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't. We were going to do it again. Well, me and Zai were down to run it again. Because, okay, what's really funny is if we hadn't tested and we had, like, if we had tested and we had lost again, then OG wouldn't have been in this situation. So I kind of feel bad because, you know, I like Tommy and I want him to do well. But at the same time, like, I kind of feel like that one's on them. Like, we're not just going to give you free wins, you know? Like, you got to earn those wins. So Sure, sure. Maybe we would have tried a lot harder if we didn't get fucking Quinn Huskard to, like, go undefeated. But oh, once yeah, that happened, yeah. the motivation for staying undefeated was kind of low. Because going, like, 14-1 and one versus 14-2 and two is kind of... There's really no difference. Versus going, like, 14-0 and 0 is kind of hype. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, can yeah. they complete the clean sweep? And then it's kind of interesting. But once we lost, it was like, all right, whatever. You guys we'll did... Happens. I'm looking at the last game now. So you guys did Mag Monkey King? Yeah. Is that... Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to expose too much here, but it wasn't that... the Mag Monkey. It was just it was? band. Okay. Not to oh, like okay. sell it too hard, but it's just I just it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was just we were just stupid. What can you do? All right, so you you wanted to do the the podcast, uh, yeah. And I mean, we did a podcast not so long ago, so I have to assume there's just stuff you want to talk about. No, okay, actually. What I really like, um, actually, what I really like about this podcast is it really helps me two things. One, it takes away my ability to want to communicate, like in a blog or some shit like that. But I really want to like look back in these moments in my career and remember how I like inherently felt during them. Mm, so okay, I never I watch yeah, back yeah. once we once we do them, but I do want to watch them once like everything is done. It'll be like a good memory for me to like really remember how i felt in the moment it's not for me to brag or anything because i've done it when we we do really shit as well you know so it's just like a record for me to understand how i felt in the moment and so it's it's like yeah i want people to under i think it's pretty fun for people to follow along in our journey and and while i think that part's nice and it's a good way to communicate with fans about how you feel being in like a position in a top tier team i think the bigger thing for me is like it's a way for me to kind of see things back when you know when i was younger and even maybe a few years ago i hated the idea of recording or taking photos and stuff and while i post less and less in social media nowadays except to flex once in a while Hmm. the majority of like social media is um so that i have somewhere that i can like keep stuff and um just kind of like post memories for friends and i I take a lot more photos just for myself than i used to because i used to think it was dumb and it ruined the moment but in reality all it is is like you're just solidifying memories. You know, yeah. now I'll look at my phone and I'll see memories and things that I did and I'll get really happy. And, you know, I'm getting older and I want to get to the point where things are more sentimental to me. So. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense. The, uh, <laughs> I definitely use the other podcast to, uh, <laughs> to 
air my grievances yeah. <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> and so i uh i i know at least what you're talking about when it comes to the uh communication like i it, you know instead of as you said writing a blog i actually did that recently i wrote i wrote a, a big ass blog about casting and uh i did not release it under yeah. under advisement of <laughs> somebody else <laughs> they said ah probably not the right time so i figure I'll, I'll probably release something like that in uh a little bit, a little bit later. Um, speaking of which, we can talk about the casting stuff first. First of all, oh yeah, I guess. All right, so you can't really have an opinion on it because you're biased, and maybe <laughs> yeah. I am too. But at the same time, like I feel like I don't really care anymore. So, I mean, I, I see a few things, like for example, the whole Shiver not getting invited to events and stuff. I think is kind of silly, considering I I do think. Um, while I think it's really important to give people opportunities, um, and I'm not saying that it's not, I do think like it's probably not a great sign when you're probably, you know, even if a few people dislike her and stuff like that, the, I, I would pull, I would say like, if you're a famous person on the internet and we're not really famous, but you know, famous in our weird subsection of the internet, like our small <laughs> pie, slice of pie or whatever, where like 10 yeah. people would recognize you in your lifetime. <laughs> True. You, you, and you're, if I'm your ratio to like, right now. Yeah, your ratio of love to hate is like 80-20, which I'm assuming is for Shiva, you know, because she's never really done anything wrong. She's just a good person, like, unlike me and you. Um, <laughs> like, she, her ratio is probably a lot better, and so it's kind of sad that, like, she has no controversy. She's only ever been a good ambassador to the like, the game and the scene and stuff like that. Only ever really been a good person behind the scenes. Like, she does a lot to try and, like, progress stuff. Um, doesn't gatekeep talent, which I think is always a weird thing that people talk about. I don't know. It's kind of unfortunate that she doesn't get invited to stuff. Um, and I, I get it. And people always talk about Dota as like some weird inner circle and stuff. And I don't think, I think that's further from the truth as possible. I think if you talk to like guys like Tsunami that came into the scene and you ask them their process and how it was to like interact and get more into the scene, I think they would tell you that we were nothing but helpful. And we really try to give as much advice and like our thoughts and try and help out. I think, I remember you and me helping Lyrical out when he first started casting. We went through his VODs together and kind of told him like what to expect at a TI, what to look out for, stuff to avoid that has hurt casters in the past, things that we've learned. I oh, mean, I actually don't remember that. We did. It was at uh, one of his first events. Oh, and shit. when we pushed for Trent to be on the panel more at ESL, remember when Paul was really skeptical and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember um, that. You know, I, I think there's a lot of issues with the scene. Um, but I think for the most part, the existing talent do try and help out. Obviously, we had bad moments too with the whole Toby thing and Grant. But Man, we really fucked up helping out Lyrical. Why'd we do that? Yeah, he's going to be the next guy to fucking get outed for being a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I was more so saying that he, he's now really fucking good. Yeah, know? I mean, that part sucks too. I, we're only supposed to help out the shitters, you know? Yeah, you know, the I've been sending, like... People would remain below us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been sending, like, positive words of affirmation to Stormstormer throughout the season because I really like the guy. And yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. to myself, if he ever beats me, I'd be really sad. I said, <laughs> I, like, I should have ah, just... You could do it, bro. You're getting better every day. And then he beats your ass at TI, and you're just like, fuck. Yeah, like, I think... Shouldn't have encouraged that. I don't I don't think he'll mind me saying this. I, I, I just sent him after the first loss. I was like, hey, you know, like, it's a long season. You know, keep your head in the game. And he's mm -hmm. really positive, so he's like, yeah, I got it. Like, it's all good. 
And then when they fucking tied in the tiebreaker, she texted me and he's like, God damn it, XD. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, but for the most part, I just want, I, I don't think that like the pie is so small that it can only be divided by a certain amount of people. A healthy scene has a lot of people that work really hard and like do well. And the idea that like you can't be a nobody, you need like some level of connections. So a few things like one, obviously, you need to find a way to get yourself out there. So the best way to do it is to make friends with people that are in the thing. I, I think that's kind of similar for any industry. And second, I'd, I'd argue that Dota has like more influx of talent than like pretty much any professional anything that I can think of. You know, how many yeah, I mean, times you we have somebody tsunami, like, but uh, I don't know people. People's memories are. You always talk about how uh, people's memories in Dota are short when it comes to like they're playing, so short. You know. I, th- I think the same thing. You say tsunami, you know. I bet most people are thinking, "Oh, tsunami's part of the old guard," you know. Yeah, but if no, you actually look last, at it, like, he's really not. Years. And yeah. then you have people like Sheep and uh, Natty, and even yeah, two uh, years like, like down the line, fuck, it's gonna be like, ah, oh, Sheep's really gatekeeping the fucking talent. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Once you like get invited to a lot of events, it's almost like you have to stop going to events so that people think that you're not in some kind of weird inner circle. And that inner circle is called just being friendly with the people that you work with. You fucking yeah. socially awkward... Fu- no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, <laughs> when people just assume that like the world is out against them, of course there's a lot of luck. And You know, part of life is networking. Like, I, I don't know what jobs... <laughs> I wish we lived in a world where things are only ever done by merit and like your actual skill at all times. But unfortunately, that's not the case. I'm sure there's a billion other coaches that are better than me. Actually, I know there are. But, you know, I happen to be... <laughs> somewhat charismatic and likable and i did a really good job of giving top to like everybody on the team so you know here i am i'm the best water fetcher in the fucking west so and i don't make waves so you know like um this clown makes people laugh and so fortunately i I had my uh, job i mean i think for talent in particular people uh people always think about the competition angle but uh people forget that it, it is a cooperative affair and so of course. your ability to get along with other people is pretty important because there are moments you see on camera that are just like, you know, you, like I, I know you've seen him. I've seen him where it's like you've got two panel members on, on the same panel that just uh, do not have good chemistry and it, the panel just kind of like sucks and it, yeah. they don't even hate each other. They just have bad chemistry. Now imagine if they actually hated each other or yeah. just, you know, like or, or one of the pr- people was just like really like anti-social awkward like kind of a dick or something like that you know it, it would be even worse than than just two people having bad chemistry you know when um i made a tweet i, I want to say quite a while back asking dota casters if they wanted to get better at the game saying i would actively help like you know me i will always volunteer my time in terms of stuff like that like i'm trying to coach like yeah. the whales team right now and i i did it for the purdue team Who? Uh, my old alma mater the Wales uh, team. Yeah, like, you know, the country, because I'm living in Wales. So I figured oh, I could oh. <laughs> help out. I was thinking uh, literally the animal. Oh, no, and no. I thought there was a D, like a Div 2 team called Wales no. somewhere out there. Yeah, but uh, I remember I made a tweet way back when saying like, back when like fucking Skype was a thing. Like, if you want to get better at Dota, DM me. And I think only like three people reached out. I think it was like Drag and Drop. I think it was like Llama Down Under and Moxie. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was the list of people that like, actively wanted to like understand the game a little bit better um and you know i always message sheep my thoughts on like the games and stuff and i give her some level of insider knowledge and things so you know 
the scene isn't as bad as we think it is. It never is. Um, but yeah, that's my rant on casting. It's not really like... Things are just inherently socially based, guys. Unfortunately. You know, you don't just like enter a casting competition and whoever's the objective best. You have to be both good and like nice to work with. I, I don't know many jobs that's not like that. It's really frustrating. Even when I, you know, OpenAI, like they're popping up everywhere nowadays. I asked yeah. them actually about working there and not about me working there, but just like what it was like. And they said, uh, a lot of the times you'll get guys that are just incredibly smart, but just brutal to work with, you know, and they've got like the shortest leashes because ultimately somebody that's slightly worse at the job, but gets along with their colleagues, just going to get further ahead. And maybe you would consider that unfair, but you know, life's fucking short. I don't want to work with assholes. Well, Unfortunately, I, I, we were wrong with people about Toby. Well, we weren't really wrong about Toby. We all knew he was an asshole. We just didn't know, like, fucking. We level. didn't know he was a predator, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't know about the grand thing, um, obviously, but, uh, and that was probably our fault too, because you know, but it is what it is, and trying to do better by it, uh, so. Not that that absolves me or anything like that. It means I have to be more careful around people, be like smarter about things. Yeah, definitely. Uh... Definitely had to be a lot more uh, cautious about uh, who I who I back, you know. Yeah, it's not even just that. It's, it's just kind of like in in some level of hindsight, uh, I wish I had just tried harder, to, like find out stuff. You sure. know, when you're friends with somebody, you just like hand wave so much stuff. It's just bad. I mean, so irresponsible, actually. So fucking irresponsible. But any case, in a brighter note. Uh, that was my whole deal about casting. It didn't really go anywhere. Kind of, it's like twelve, and I'm in a lot of pain right now, so I'm just ranting. <laughs> so we can talk about the season. Fucking go over it. All right. So I'm load uh, up uh, Liquipedia. Got us to Liquipedia, so I can see everything that happened. So Liquid ended up going seven zero. Uh, turns out picking up uh, potentially the best player in the world uh, is pretty good for. Uh, for a roster yeah all of us all right so legitimately from i i've been covering southeast asia so i haven't watched like the most of your guys's games because mm-hmm. they're kind of awkward awkward time but i do think that watching you guys play i do think that some of your players are playing like just as good as they were doing in your guys's like ti run they, they look as good if not better than they did any time last season, basically. Yeah, for sure. Even mm-hmm. though we were seven and zero, uh, or six and one, or some shit last season, season one. Um, I think part of the reason why it feels different is a few things. Like one, this feels a lot more sustainable because I feel like the guys finally got the monkey off their back, and they're not nervous anymore. For example, like Mickey would get really nervous before games, and part of my job was always making sure to hype him up and like help him get over losses and understand that like it's not the end of the world that we lose a series and it's not his fault because he'd get so down on himself and mm. nowadays he fucking just float you know like a loss win doesn't matter he's just really calm and in the zone and he's excited to play all these whereas before i felt like before ti i felt like every game was like a struggle for him to like not throw up real m&m you know mom spaghetti vibes right right okay uh, and nowadays i feel like he's just clean and me and aiden in the past i felt like we used to make a lot of big issues out of nothing. And nowadays, a lot of our friendship just boils down to like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I didn't mean that. And he'll say, oh, my bad. And then he's like, do you need to talk about it further? I'm like, no, I'm good. And he's like, I'm good too. And we just get over stuff. Whereas in the past, it felt like every discussion had to be this like 
huge explosive like dramatic emotional you know like how could you i'm so sorry you know like we don't have that <laughs> yeah, because we're both, we're both dramatic people in general you know? uh-huh. we're both emotional people i would say both of okay. us i mean you've met me and you probably know that side of me yeah um, yeah and i'm getting a lot better at it in terms of like not making as big of a deal about stuff and trying to be more objective and so is he you know he's done a lot of growing i feel so nowadays like when stuff bothers him in the past it might take me or him like a full three or four days to like not let it sit in our heads and nowadays it's like oh yeah my bad you know like you good i'm good so then we just kind of move on from stuff and then Thai obviously being in um in the leadership role and taking over drafting makes stuff easier for him too because i feel like he can just kind of focus on focus on him bringing his own ideas because i feel like in the past he actually felt a lot of responsibility because you know people wouldn't play as many games as they should and if you know if you looked at aiden page back in the day he was playing like every role to try and get ideas because people weren't really sharing with him as much as they should have um, which is something i think that i brought up too that he was doing a bad job of like finding his heroes last year and this year i felt like everybody just kind of is doing their own job and pulling their own weight uh if that makes sense like everyone's oh, okay. playing everyone's bringing ideas to the board we're constantly talking about dota last year it felt like there was very little discussion around dota itself um whereas it feels like this year we have a much clearer idea of like how to talk uh, about just the game you know and we're always talking about it uh whereas last year i felt like my especially my understanding of the game it got better and better especially working with jara and seeing like the things that he saw and so nowadays it's a lot easier for me to like prompt conversation around stuff like oh why did you think this worked out uh what did you think about this draft and now mickey always asks me you know he's like what do you think about this draft well and you can feel that like inherent level of trust that he knows that i know my stuff when it comes to drafting nowadays so then it like everything just feels like it's uh flowing really smoothly um so yeah uh not not to uh not to to uh kill too much because it feels like all right everything's like clicking for you guys uh, yeah, and I don't want to downplay that too much. Um, but is is it how much of this is just like the whole, you know, uh, winning solves a lot of issues? Like, oh, for sure. Is, for sure. is it possible that like you, you talk about a lot of like maturity and growth happening within the team? Is it possible you guys are just winning and like that that just makes think everything feel better as a result? Of course, you know, uh, both things can be true. I think I genuinely think the guys have like learned a lot. Because, for example, okay. our secret against our, our series against Secret, I feel like in the past would have freaked people out. It's like, oh god, we can't lose to them. Like, we took Nisha, they beat us. Like, how embarrassing! We're trash. Uh, and I feel like nowadays the feeling around that going into that series was not that at all. The feeling was like, man, I really want to fucking play these guys. It would be so exciting. So, uh, yeah, that's like part of it. What what has changed? Uh, like culture wise because you you talking about the fact that you've uh, like people maybe weren't like playing as much dota as they should have and therefore weren't like finding their heroes for a drafting perspective now you guys yeah it seems like everybody is like being much more responsible about that like what what changed because is it just the success at ti like like, like everybody that i the everybody that i have met and gotten to know on that team uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know Nisha, but like everybody else seems like they're relatively like good, responsible Dota players. So mm-hmm. what 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 is change? Are, are they just enjoying the game more because they're winning because they got that? Like, as you said, the, the monkey off their back from TI, like 
What 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 do you think that is? Why why is this happening? Um okay, let me let me be real here. I love Lasse or Belinen to death, but he was and it's partially my fault too, but I let him be really lazy. Mm. You know, and there was a lot of stuff that when it came to like you know, I think especially for TI, I've never seen a man so possessed. I think at TI he was the best player in the world, like unquestioned. Like fuck Musa, you know, it was Matuma man. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he did to make sure that that run went well is like, it's Herculean. Uh, you know, the vlog that we made did a bad job of focusing on the players because, you know, we didn't want to bother them and we didn't want to like publish. Bad job is makes it sound bad. I mean to say that like <laughs> they just didn't really have a chance to like talk to the players because our run was so good that I know Dennis was really conscious of the fact that he didn't want to bother them. He yeah, it couldn't be intrusive, kind of right? Because yeah, exactly. your guys' performance was way more important than what the documentary. Yeah, exactly. Be. And yeah. I really appreciated that from Dennis. You know, I I love Dennis to death. Like, um, you know, I want all the best for him. And so, uh, you know, when he's making the doc, he really has to focus on us, uh, which is a little bit of a shame because you you don't get the full sense of like what Lasse brought to the table for Ti. But before that point, I think he was a little bit, um, like in his head a little bit for certain things. I don't think. The process was very fun for him at times. I think for TI, he was able to pull it off, but I think for other things, he was a little bit more stubborn. Um, love him to death, though. You know, like, I'll go to war with this man any day of the week. Is, uh, it, it, do you think that was just sort of like, he just wasn't enjoying, like, he's he's at the end of his career. Like, he didn't seem like he was enjoying Dota as much anymore. So it was just, like, harder to find that motivation until you know like the final the biggest tournament and the final tournament comes around yeah i mean he would always say that like if this team fails it's kind of on me as in like himself you know he would always say like i'm the i'm the person that's the most veteran and i like should bring the team together and i should do all these things and he and he would always tell me he can't you know he'd say like i can't i can't i can't but then i think for ti he could turn it up but i mean it's not all his fault we all went along with it too we were complacent because we thought there was no way we wouldn't qualify through points. You know, there's some level of like established arrogance there. And it's my fault, especially too, even more than Matthews, because I'm supposed to lead the ship in some ways um, and make sure that like I'm above all this. And I wasn't, I was really swept up into it too. So, mm. you know, after this, we had a long conversation after our 7 and 0 about how we keep the momentum going, about how we don't burn out, how we like don't get too cocky. You know, I stressed to the guys like, this is nothing. You know, going seven and zero is promising start. It's obviously really good for Nisha to show off and like show that he really here to fucking like uh, fucking own people. But at the same time, like, what have we accomplished? You know, like we have the same amount of points as a lot of teams. So it's just so, about setting up the next function and the next like making sure we're disciplined. You know, we'll start our boot camp early. We're gonna make sure that like we just grind and grind and grind and grind. Whereas last year, I felt like every time we did good, we would just um. We would just put, you know, we would take our foot off the gas because it was like, oh, I mean, that's why TI winners always like slow down most of the time, right? Because like you win and then you think like you figured out what winning is. So then you don't work as hard to like figure it out again because it changes all the time, right? Like sure. winning, yeah. the, the conditions to win at stuff changes all the time, like in anything. You know, what once worked in the past, for example, a TI one where you didn't have to boot camp. I remember, I think it was like Loda saying you didn't have to boot camp so much. But nowadays it's like, that's the meta, right? boot camp right back then coaches weren't really a thing and now we fucking had three at this last ti <laughs> you know it's uh the the meta for what works it constantly evolves and if you're just com- complacent and you're just pacing you're chasing past glory and try to make things work because it, it used to work like that i feel like you could just get left in the dust all the fucking time 
you have to keep innovating, keep trying to figure out what the next step is, keep trying to figure out like how to get ahead of your opponent. What are people not doing that you're willing to do? You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So hopefully this time around things will be better. Obviously, I have no idea. I'm trying to stay grounded and understand too that like this could be, you know, the next day we could lose two series and everyone calls us dog shit and gets in my players' heads and my head and who knows. So. I mean, they, <laughs> I don't want to curse you guys or anything, but uh, like obviously the first DPC season uh, had a team that had like that incredible run, right? Alliance uh, yeah, did yeah. it over and over again for the online portions, but then uh-huh. failed yeah. to deliver for the actual land. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of felt bad for that team because I do think that that format actually hurts more than it helps. I think that team wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be or like as choky and they were all like, it's only because of PBD. When in reality, that does a really poor job of like explaining out things. I think that. Yeah, I mean, PPD was only with them for like half of one season. Yeah, they. I mean, they still like owned like, like every still, fucking season yeah. Yeah, against yeah. like top team tier European competition. I feel like they got memed to death, but uh, I, you know, you go to a major, you get to play four games, like potentially, and that's it, and then you go yeah. home. Whereas like everybody else got to play groups and stuff. Not that that like fully excuses it because teams like EG obviously still did well and. I'm sure the secrets and shit did fine, but like, not the I think best if you format. look at the stats, uh, I, I I remember looking through it, and it was like, despite the what you would presume to be like, oh, these are the best teams because they get slotted into playoffs. Like it it did there was no inherent advantage. Yeah. Like they, they more often than not, they would actually get dropped down to the lower bracket, uh, then then stay in the upper bracket from that very first series that they play. Like more often, the team slotted, seated directly in a playoffs would actually drop down immediately. Uh, yeah, which it's I shitty. think says a lot because, especially since they're supposed to be better, quote unquote, than the, their competition. Yeah, really wasn't the biggest fan of that, so I'm glad that they changed it. Um, yeah, so yeah, so hopefully, you know, the momentum continues. It does feel different, but you know, saying that we could just go to the major and get fucking owned. So you never know. Hey. I'm just trying to keep a level head because. What happens in the beginning of the season really doesn't matter at the end of the year, you know? Like, I see a lot of people flame all these teams. Oh, geez, so dog shit. Like, they're a new team. They're such a radically different team. DM to, like, Amar is as far different as it gets. You know, there's you no think, time like, to, like... play style-wise, are you talking about? Yeah, and, like, his picks and, like, getting used to that, I'm assuming is just going to be hard for them in the beginning. You know, you saw OG, like, picking him Timber at the end, too, because they probably needed to pick up some wins and they kind of inherently understood that Amar's way of playing enabled the things that they did in the past. You know, uh, mm. they, they picked Timber, right? In the OG series or whatever. Like, uh, they they, they like, got a, I mean, one of their Timber games was a win against you guys. Yeah. So yeah. A second win. I just mean, uh, there, I think what ends up happening is you go back to like what you know in some ways. Sure. Uh, and so I do think that he's a unique player. DM's really good. I think Amar was like super fucking unique as far as Dota goes. And so yeah. he probably needs some time to adjust. And I, I just feel like sometimes fans have like no patience. You know, it's not every fan. A lot of fans do. Like shout out to Powder who, you know, supported us even when we were dog shit didn't qualify for TI. But I feel like <laughs> some fans, and if you're listening to this and you're one of those fans that are like, this team is amazing. Liquid's the best team in the world. OG's so dog shit. Like that's not true. You know? We're not, we you never know we could get to the end of the year and we could get pumped and uh they could be done by og you just don't know <laughs> you know and everyone's like kick amar enigma you're so fucking bad it's like it's not like they were setting the world on fire with miracle i mean i think that guy's one of the best to ever do it but like something was bad with their team 
they needed some level of change too. You know, it's yeah. not like they're like, one is Miracle coming back. I'm like, bro, they got relegated like four times with that dude. <laughs> it wasn't like they missed two TIs and they got relegated like twice. Like it wasn't yeah. getting much better. You know, at least this season, you didn't get relegated. Could pro- like, which probably feels amazing. You got some good wins if you're Nigma. You know, you really got some good wins. And you're finally starting to show like some level of like progress. And I just feel like sometimes sports fans, uh, it's not just limited to Dota fans saying so would be like kind of unjust, but I feel like sometimes sports fans are just way too, you know, they're way too hasty. And then like teams react and players react to that because they want to chase immediate success. When yeah. in reality, you know, it takes time for good things to work out. It took us all of like fucking a year to figure it out. And when we figured it out, like we really figured it out. You know, if I listened to people and kicked Boxy all the times I was told he was trash, and now he's like the best four in the world and everybody <laughs> watches his replays, like, yeah. you know how many times I, I was told, like, in my DMs to kick Boxy or like, you fucking trash? And I see people saying that, like, Boxy's just awful, like, awful player, just doesn't understand. And then I know that they don't get that this guy's like, he's a monster. You know, Matu said that there was very few players he'd ever played with, like, Boxy. You know, after the first season, I asked him and Zai, like, who they thought the best player was on our team, and they said, they both said Boxy. Damn. That's, uh... So, that's the, quite the vote of confidence there for uh, two extremely veteran and, and yeah. pretty much consistently high-tier performers in Zai yeah. and Matu. And I asked Matu to give his honest opinion on, like, all the players, you know, after TI and, like, what he felt like they could improve on, and I mean, he said that Boxy's truly exceptional. He said Boxy's like one of one. You know, he's never played with somebody. Maybe he said he's played with very, I mean, he's very Finnish, so he doesn't speak in absolutes. But, you know, (laughs) he said this might be one of the best players I've ever played with, bar none. Like the talented, the way that he played at TI, he said this guy's got no fear. He makes all the right calls. Like, you know, he was so impressed. Um, So, you know, I want to make sure that like people are given chances to grow and make mistakes. You know, was Boxy the perfect teammate when I first joined? No. I had to fight him every step of the way. Me and him fucking fought like cats and dogs. Like, you know, I'd say, hey, man, like, you're going to wake up on time? Nope. You know, always fucking shows up late. Uh, Chloe would have to lie to him about what time our stuff was. And she would tell him 30 <laughs> minutes early. So that, like, oh, that's a that's a classic when somebody you know somebody just isn't gonna show up on time, so you tell them fifteen minutes or thirty minutes prior. Yeah, yeah, it's like that stuff is that was real and that was a real fight. And sometimes I'd want to fucking ah, uh, like it was so <laughs> frustrating. You know, I we had this thing on our team where you'd have to buy five guys if we were late, and it was supposed to humble. You know, like you just buy a meal for everybody else, like you go out and get it yourself. And it just never phased him enough. And he would just <laughs> argue about having to like buy food for us. And I'd be like, well, then don't be fucking late. And we'd fight all the time. And then now he's perfect. He never shows up late. He's actually so good about it. You know, and he was really bad at, at times with his four. And now he's like the fucking best player in the world. So um, I remember at TI when I asked other players about Boxy, they all called him bad. Like most of them. And it was oh, like really? it was so weird that the perception of what we felt like he was versus like what they thought he was was like so different. Uh that 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 is super interesting because uh I I, I always feel like um and, and and I think this is generally a problem 
um, in some ways when it comes to broadcasting and Dota. I think it's very hard for talent to make hard judgments on player performances because we simply don't know. Uh, yeah. And but I'm, it wasn't uh, just you guys. I'm very it hesitant. Like, but it's not players. just like even the mo- yeah, even players. other player playing against them, and they they don't actually have a good read of like who is actually good and bad. Yeah, part of it is I think because a lot of the times I heard from these people, and I, I asked a lot of people. I want to say like ten people plus uh, about Boxy, and a lot mm-hmm. of them. And I told them this to motivate them. I didn't out anybody, but I was just like, yo, you know, like they think you're trash, um, and. That really made Matu especially want to win because he's like, "Are these guys stupid? Like, are they watching like the same stuff I am?" He said it doesn't even come down to communication. He's just like he makes the correct plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it came down to like I think a lot of the newer generation of players often like look at MMR as a benchmark. Sure. Um, and I'm not saying MMR doesn't matter. Of course it does, but I think they sometimes are a little bit overly invested. Like I talked to a Ford player about like who they watch. Um, and stuff and they were telling me all these names and they were all like top four top five you know i heard a lot of save a lot of uh soxa and stuff and they're great players but i was like oh what do you think about boxy and he's like well can i speak frankly and i said yeah and he's like oh, i just don't think he's very impressive and i was like okay no worries you know all right so, so yeah i've got uh two different directions i want to go with that that previous conversation uh sure. And I think I'll start with the okay. So Motama Man had a, a hard time playing the regular season. OG notoriously were all about you know like oh you know like we don't really treat the the regular season like they're not really tryharding for most of that. They're they're saving it all for TI sort of thing. Yeah. There has always been talks about saving quote unquote strats, which I don't not sure if that's ever really been a thing, but. Uh, like at least the concept of saving things for TI. Uh, in a recent interview, Curl was talking about how like the DPC season and stuff, it's been tough for the old dogs. And it's a lot of the 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 newer kids who are like finding success. And he says this this system is just hard. It's hard for us. Uh-huh. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because it seems like you did get a pretty good, uh, pretty in detail. Uh, of like Matu's strengths and weaknesses in that regard. Mm-hmm. And it sounds similar to like the, the puppies or curls and stuff. And what do how yeah. do you view like that whole concept? Um, well, I don't disagree. And I do think it is harder for the older tier players. I think part of it is that like, if you put curl in a land right now, I'm sure he'd win like a lot, uh, not win the land, but like, I think he'd be a plus EV player. Like he'd get you wins at a land. Yeah. Like if you took this current Nigma and I saw them on land, I would be genuinely, uh like worried because i think like these guys definitely show up and when the stakes are better but at the same time like while while i respect that and i think it's really cool and i i absolutely have no doubt that if like everything was played on land they would own and if but you know back in the day you were given a lot of direct invites to stuff Mm -hmm. you took that for granted and now i feel like you have to adapt it's not anybody else's fault right ultimately speaking like you can hate the system for what it is and uh you know uh but at some point like it is what it is it's been this way for two years so it's probably going to continue do i think it's ideal uh i don't know about that i haven't really thought about it too much but like you kind of have to adapt to the conditions given to you um and so like while i you know i have sympathy and i think like yeah it fucking sucks sometimes uh for the older set of players i'm sure uh you know it's part of like it, it is how it is 
Yeah, and you so, just kind of got to be able to adjust. You do yes. think it, it like it's it's not really an excuse, right? It's just like that. That's kind of what they were molded by, and now they yeah. they do have to adapt. It's they have adapt to adapt or die. Yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, again, like if you're curl, you're probably just like, holy fuck, these like endless like shit games that I have to play, just stuck <laughs> ass. Like, I'm sure he's not having fun, but at the same time, you know, like, you gotta fucking win. All right, and then uh, the since it seems like Matu was much of the the heart of the team, both like the negatives and the positives, uh, and how he affected the team, how he was able to get them over the finishing line when it came to TI uh, and got you guys like that really high placement. Um, who is now that? Who is driving the culture now on Liquid in that regard? Because you say to everybody's like you know. A lot more in tune. Everybody's more hardworking. Like I'm sure some of that comes down to maturity and you know character growth and stuff. But I also think like general work culture or team culture, I guess in this regard, is a big factor. Who who's really driving that this time? Uh, I would say that it's probably a combination of people. I'd say probably the bigger biggest person is probably Aiden Insania. Um, he's probably the person in the world that like you just never have to worry about like doing the wrong thing. Uh, if that makes sense, like, I think he's always gonna try his absolute best. He's always gonna fucking grind. He's always gonna like help people. At TI, he was really. I, I think like if he was, if Matu was like our driving force, I think Aiden's like positivity and uh, you know just how he presented himself and how he like took a lot of stuff was just like it's kind of irreplaceable. For mm-hmm. example, um, during the TI run. There were certain times where, because he was drafting in the past and he was like not drafting anymore, um, it was Matu. He would sometimes get really excited, you know, and he would like say a lot of stuff, and we would tell him calm down like a little bit. And you know, like I told, I must have told this guy to like, I must have criticized him a billion times at TI. And one day he, I think one day he snapped at me, but aside from that, he just took it and like. He just held his head high and he's like, it's all good. I'm going to do whatever it takes for the team to like succeed. You know, I probably just pushed him a little bit too far. I think that was my own fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kept giving him criticism instead of like balancing it. Because Aiden's the type of person that like, you can say a billion bad things too, but you do have to be like, hey, you did a really good job with this. And then he's going to be fine. But I was, I was really, I mean, I'm just kind of a shitty coach sometimes and I'm trying to learn too. Um, and I, I always like overestimate his emotional you know, like bandwidth, because it's usually so fucking high. Um, and so, but for the most part, like if you take a guy and you just criticize him nonstop, and he just like takes it, and he and he does a good job of pointing out his own flaws at all times. I cannot remember a single time where Aiden has blamed somebody else before he blamed himself. Like in this entire part of this team, actually, <laughs> that there, that there is times... impressive because Dota is a game yeah, that I mean... really makes you want to blame other people. Yeah, there are times where, of course, he'll flame like people on our team and say, like, oh, this guy griefed me or something. But he'll always bring up himself first. He'll say, like, oh, if I had just done this, I, we could have won. If I had just done this, and if I was a little bit better about this, we could have won. And he always says that. And he always brings it up. And I really feel like, you know, when you have a guy like that, that works like that, and that's the example, you know, because he's the oldest person on the team aside from myself. And he's always setting that example of being like, it's on me first. It trickles down so hard. You know, when you're the fucking guy, you know, Aiden is the fucking man. He brought all of us together. And he's always the first person to point out his own flaws and, like, 
then I think it's really easy for everybody to be pretty humble about things and have some level of humility. And I do think it rubs off on all of us extensively. And when you see him do it, even at TI, which is like the highest stakes, you know, nobody felt worse about the misclick than Aiden did. You know, there's not enough teething in the world that you can do that makes him feel worse than he like made himself feel about the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, about every single moment that we've had on our team, his always thought is like, what could I have done better? What should I have done differently? And yeah, I think that's probably like our replacement for heart and soul, you know, in terms of like what I think has the most passive effect that none of us realize. It's almost certainly Aiden. It's probably not even like uh, close in that regard. And uh, is Aiden, who is considered the captain of Liquid? In my mind, I make the most plans still with Aiden. Um, sure. We still probably talk about stuff the most. I mean, the button clicking and all that jazz is as I, but you know, it's kind of fluid, honestly. Sure. And so that that's where I was going to lead to because uh, we talked about uh, how Matsu was a big shot caller. He was big heart and soul of the team. And I remember asking you, like, well, then, like, that's a pretty big gloss. You're replacing yeah. him with Nisha, who is not notorious so for being <laughs> a, a, a over communicator or a yeah. leader, I assume. Uh, yeah. So in that regard, like somebody on the team has to step up big time. And I think you said that Zai was going to have to be that person who stepped up more in that regard oh, because sure, Nisha sure. would not. He, he, he's almost an opposite uh, of a replacement to Matumba Man in that regard. Yeah. So I mean, how, how has that been? At TI, everyone just shut the fuck up and chilled while me and Matu drafted. Right. And then, um, I'd say Boxy probably talked the most. And Aiden's biggest contribution was that he would always give us ideas before the game. Because I think sometimes like he gets super excited and he just wants to give us all his fucking ideas. And I didn't quite actually make <laughs> Aiden a bit nervous. Mm. So like when things are really quiet, I think he like he's like, oh god, I gotta like, it's too quiet, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think he gets a little bit in his head about it, but you know, that actually part. is what makes him a good commentator as well. The, the yeah, need to course. fill the void. <laughs> of course. I mean, because he's such a naturally funny guy and just like, yeah. he's just really easy to get along with. And so like, he naturally has that like, you know, he's just charismatic and he's an entertainer. So it's, it's like, it's a second nature. He can't not just say stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like a joke or like, you know, he's got to say something to like lighten up the mood, which I appreciate. You know, at TI, he'd always clown me for stuff, but it like, it made the moment okay for me. Uh, but no, Zai's done an excellent job. I mean, um, I feel like he's taken a lot of the reins. I think he talks a lot more. He's a lot more involved. Um, I think he actively comes with, at me with ideas. The other day in our um, in our Discord chat, it's always been Aiden that's like, what are ideas? What are ideas? I mean, that's the best thing Aiden does too, is that he always gives us ideas. They could be bad. They could be good. But they're just ideas. Uh, it gives you a starting point, which is really important. You know. Sometimes they yeah. can be bad, but they'll they'll lead to other discoveries, which actually happened twice this season, which I don't want to elaborate on, but um, it's already happened twice uh, that have been pretty important. And I think so, uh, in general, team dynamics, uh, like even not not teams as in like sports teams, but like working teams, it's important to have a good mix of people who can come up with ideas, creators, and then critiquers who are able to come and take a pre-existing idea and make it more functional. And then people who are just executors, uh, who yeah, can yeah. like just roll with an idea and, and make it happen. Yeah. Those are like the Nisha's. That the last part is like Nisha and Mickey. Right. Whereas like Aiden is definitely an ideas guy, and then Zai and Boxy are definitely the people that make sure they're not like too insane. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, Zai's been doing a really good job. Like, I feel like last year it was just Aiden that was prompting people saying like, "Oh, this hero's broken. We should try this." You know, this hero's like good. And then this year, actually, um, I was trying to find like the message, but he told us all like, "By the way, I think these are the heroes we should try." So like, if you guys could play these heroes in pubs, you know, just please like, let me know how you feel. So in that regard, I think we're having a lot more discussions about heroes. And it's a promising sign because we just went like, you know, Giga this season and we could just rest on our laurels. But this, you know, Zai's trying to push and say like, I think these girls are good. And Aiden posted it the other day. He was like, oh yeah, somebody told me about this. Like, what do you guys think? And so, um, you know, there's just always a constant influx of ideas. Nisha stays quiet at all times, doesn't say shit. So, kind of have to uh, like, wheedle stuff out of him, but. You know, I, I guess I've never thought the my the image of Zai in my head and like the times that I've talked to him and stuff like that. He's kind of like a renaissance man uh, and that he just seems to be like all around good at everything. Uh, so I guess I've never thought about the aspect of him being a leader. Uh, and I assume he's never really been a leader uh, on any of his previous teams. So is this is that true? Is this like a new role that he's yeah, basically having to pretty... step into and develop? I think it's pretty new for him. I, I don't can't imagine he's done this many times, but I mean he's super thriving. I I mean the thing about Zai is that he commands respect. <laughs> yes, uh, he, he doesn't. I, I I he seems like the kind of person who doesn't like direct very much, no. but he does naturally just get respect just by existing in some when way. When he's annoyed, you respect that annoyance. Mm. Nobody's trying to make jokes or talk him out of things. I can't imagine a single time anybody's ever told Zai off on our team. It just doesn't really happen. Even Matu I'd fuck with all the time. I'm still trying to fuck with Zai. You might see me on the camera call him like like a fucking loser and shit. Because that's what I would do with Matu, you know? I tell, I'm trying to become more natural and I think Zai's kind of getting used to it. Because mm. the TI, my thing was to tell Matu that he was like the worst fucking player. You know, it'd, <laughs> yeah. it'd always get him to smile. You know, I'd say, you're so fucking terrible. And I think of like new creative ways to say it, you know, I'd be like, right before we're on stage against uh, OG, I was like, hey man, I know I've made like a lot of jokes, uh, and I just want to say like, you're still fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, that uh, I'll be honest with you, William, that never fails to fight, even though I know you at this point in time, and it's one of your like, I, that is your best, I think, gag that you have. Uh, it it always fucking gets a laugh out of me when you were do when you did that Quint, I could see it coming a mile away, but it was still <laughs> so fucking funny to me. It was like, yeah, no, in all seriousness, Quinn, uh, you're still fucking trash or something like that. Yeah, I was exactly, like, I, I could see it coming, but it was still funny. Yeah, it's what I would do with Matu, and so I'm trying to like make things. I'm trying to liven Zai up a little bit, and I'm trying mm. to find my Matu replacement dummy where I can just like call them dogs. I mean, I always do it with a smile, and like they know I'm kidding. I don't do yeah. it when they're like at their lowest. I do it when they're at their highs so that like it's hype. You know, we yeah, stopped yeah. OG at TI and then I thought it'd be funny to like drop it. You're fucking dog shit, bro. Yeah. The I mean, best was after the Pudge game with uh, or the Lifestealer game against Thunder and Monty was like, <laughs> I know, man, I was terrible that game. <laughs> We're just fucking laughing. Yeah, I imagine it's both easy to come at Zai, but also hard to get. I mean, he's pretty much just a Greek Adonis. So like, how, yeah, how yeah. do you clown, out, clown on him? But he's funny. I mean, he makes fun of me all the fucking time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think things are getting um, more figured out. Because for me, if I'm going to interact with Zai all the time, I need him to, like, crack a smile more. And he does. He does a good job of it, so. Yeah. 
All right. My my last big question here is uh what what's up with Nisha? Give me oh. give me the the fucking lowdown on this kid. So he's way funnier than you would expect. He's actually so funny. Whenever anything happens in Dota, he just calls it cringe. You know, whenever they gank him, he just he'll he won't say anything. He won't like ping anybody. He just say fucking cringe. You know, that's it. Like yeah. whenever he dislikes something, he's like, oh, that was so cringe. Cringe is like his favorite word. Uh huh. Um, no, he smiles and laughs a ton. Um, he whenever we play ping pong, it's so fucking funny. Like I'll whoop his ass, and then he'll say like, "All right, now is the time to start trying." And I'm like, "Dude, you're down like 30-0. Like, what do you mean now is the time to start trying?" Um, he has a ton of personality. He's a huge memer. He fucking loves memes. He's got great comedic timing. Um, the other day we had media, and he's got the worst sleep schedule of all time. Like he'll fall asleep at like eight, and our media time was nine. Then it was like he woke up at nine, but he he said he slept at eight thirty. So he was like a zombie, but he still was just like fucking around. I think he probably relates to Mickey the most. They they they're adorable. I don't know if they. they I think they always show on camera every single time uh, something happens. They always fist bump and. They always hug after a game or fist bump. It's really cute. Uh, he fits in really nicely. I think things are really, really good uh, overall. Why is... Uh, it seems like he's coming out of his shell. Uh, I don't know if that's just like a lack of... Well, I know people have wanted to do interviews with him before and like they, they, we'd never be able to get an interview with him and all of a sudden yeah. he's doing post-game interviews and, and all kinds of things. Do you... Is this just a natural, like, maturing thing? You think he's just, like, coming out of his shell just because, you know, new environment or something like that? What's going on with that? Yeah, so I think a lot of people, I get, I think the number one thing that gets passed around a lot um, is two things. It's, like, one, uh, that we are forcing him, or it's in his contract to do interviews or stream <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, I can assure you it's not. He is doing it of his own volition. In fact, when we were negotiating him and stuff with him, uh, you know, I asked his brother about it because I was negotiating with his brother, and he's like, I think he's genuinely really excited to do it. He told me um, that maybe he's just at the right intersection of feeling comfortable with himself. It's a new environment. He wants to see if he can do things a little bit differently now. Um, it has nothing to do bad about Secret. It's not like Secret was fucking preventing him or hiding him in a closet. I just think he was a little bit shyer, and I think he probably took some initiative this time. He's He's getting a little bit older. I mean, in the past, it was his first team probably pretty sheltered i think matt and them probably did a really good job of making sure he just focused on dota and he didn't have to like be nervous or get caught up in the social media shit you know this guy doesn't have a twitter he he does he we just told him how to retweet the other day you know um <laughs> that's adorable it's not like it's me on his phone going through his shit and tweeting for him he'll yeah, ask yeah. zai for advice more than anything he'll say like you think this is a banger and Zai say yeah it's pretty funny um and so, yeah, I think he was just at that point now where he's probably coming out of his shell a little bit uh, and sort of just kind of going with the flow and seeing what it feels like to be a little bit more out there and seeing oh, that man. people really like him. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're not forcing him. Um, sometimes I kind of force him by saying like, yo, you know, like you want to stream once? He'll be like, because he, he's pretty, how do I say it? Like, he's not the most... Uh, ambitious person when it comes to waking up and being go-getter like, i'm gonna fucking do this today so sometimes you have to <laughs> yeah. prod him a little bit and say hey man you know we have an off day do you want to stream or hey max is streaming and do you want to just like go up and do an interview and you'll say yeah for sure let's do it it's never a fight you know he just says okay 
once you ask him to do something, he's like, all right, let's go. Yeah, he's just one of those people who's uh, he's down to do things, but not necessarily an initiator. Yeah, so. exactly. He's not going to be the person that volunteers and say, I'd love to do the next interview. But yeah, you ask yeah. him, you're like, hey, you know, are you interested in doing the interview? He'll say, yeah, sure. I don't mind. That uh, uh, that makes a lot of sense uh, to me, because I think um, the, the way I saw it was, you know, new team, new environment. I think that's a perfect opportunity to reinvent yourself. I think, we, you know, when you go through that a period of like, uh, you know, college, uh, the classic is going from high school to college. Right. It's a chance. Nobody knows you, presumably, when you go to college or, you know, maybe it's a workforce or something for me it was the military. Right. You get a chance to reinvent who you are. You know, you got yeah. stuck in like sort of a role of sorts in high school, but like now new environment, you can be a whole new person if you want to. Uh, so yeah. that that does make sense that like this is just provided him an opportunity to do things that he's probably just thought about in his head, but never really got the chance to do just because you kind of just settle into roles and positions, you know? Yeah. I mean, take a look at myself. When I was in high school, I was a fucking loser. When I was in college, I was an even bigger loser. And now, you know, 10 years later, I'm still a fucking loser, but well, you're now the I get biggest paid to loser. be a loser. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking yeah. sick. <laughs> you know, okay, one of the funniest rumors I actually heard. Somebody, one of the talent told me, and I won't say who, that somebody had told them that we we paid Nisha 50000 a month. <laughs> to like, and I was like, God damn. You think we paid 50000 a month? That was one of the most outrageous things I've ever heard in my life. And that, that person told me that they were pretty confident because they heard it from a very reliable source. I was like, motherfucker, I'm the most reliable source. <laughs> I negotiated that contract. Like, fuck me. We're paying Nisha 50. Like, I better be getting at least 25. Like, Blitz Dota better be the fucking, like, king of the world. Yo, Jesus William, uh, you, you guys got any open positions on Liquid? Yeah, also, you, I would like to negotiate with you for uh, my contract I as see. well. You know what the funniest thing was? You know when we hired Jerax? I got people out of the woodwork coming to message me. We got five or six people asking if we needed a second manager. Uh, <laughs> they're like, shit, they, they must yeah, have fucking, it was so fucking weird. cash. I mean, they're just hiring like fucking 10 different support staff. Yeah, it's like fucking weird. It's... I, I okay, I'm not even kidding. I got maybe and this is without exaggerating, I would say six or seven messages from people that said that they would coach in anything. One dude was like, I'll be a chef. One guy said, I'll be a personal trainer. A few people said that they would just run data for us. I was like, What are you jabs stuff? Like, <laughs> dude, we're not just some like halfway house charity. You have to like bring something to the table. But the amount of people that asked if we needed a second, third, fourth, I was like Ooh. William, it's kind of cringe to dox me right now just because I, I didn't work the third <laughs> season. You know, I was kind of desperate. You know, you for sure, just... for sure. It was nuts, though. I had <laughs> very few people I would bring on as an as an addition. I think it's like Jesse was perfect. Our team would take Jesse back in a second. We already offered Jesse a slot for TI. Oh, if he wants to, you know, like upcoming TI, so if he wants to come back? Yeah, he said absolutely no chance, but absolutely no chance wow that's you know 100 percent of the shots you don't take something something miss mm, mm. let's see let's see have you have you talked to him since what's he that what's he up to uh i don't know he said he's just kind of figuring his life out so he said he's just seeing what's going on seeing what's happening with his life um said that he would 
just take a little bit of time for himself. And I think that's perfectly fair. He's just figuring out a little bit of life and just seeing what, what's ahead of him. There's nothing uh, bad about that. He's made a lot of money and he's young enough where he can do stuff. I mean, I, I, I cannot possibly fathom living in a world where, like, he's younger than me, but, like, at my age, having basically accomplished my dream and being very well, like, financially set off. But, like, the more important part would be, like, accomplishing my dream. Like, what, what's left after that, I guess, in some way? You know, like yeah. professionally speaking wise, like that, that's got to be definitely uh, quite the journey of like figuring out, you know, what you want to do next. And I hope, honestly, I hope he stays away because I think in some ways, if your default is always to come back to this game, you know, you're never really going to find out the answer to that. Yeah. So I hope, you know, I hope the best for Jesse. He's never going to listen to this podcast ever because he doesn't consume any Dota content, <laughs> but uh, he's such a good guy. And I, I hope he knows how I feel about him at all times. Uh, I always respect people who can, uh, who find like after achieving a grand amount of success, uh, go on to be successful in some other career, even though they don't have to. There was, um, uh, there was a pitcher for the um, Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Uh, I forgot it. Randy, Randy Johnson. That was oh, his I know name. him. When he killed uh, like the dove or some shit. <laughs> yes, yes. He he killed the dove. He was he was well known for his uh, his fastball. Uh, he's yeah. one of like the he he was one of like the fastest pitchers. Anyway, he uh, he is apparently now a sports photographer. Uh, oh, so sick. now he's actually behind the scenes, uh, you know, taking shots where he used to be, you know, in front of the camera. Uh, and yeah, he, that that's his his full on career now. Uh, which oh, I thought like, was super interesting. And I'm looking at his photography right now. Although his website's not loading, so... Oh, Choo-choo. now it is. Oh my god, he, he takes six photos. Go him. Yeah. His logo is a dead bird. That's so funny. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's straight up that bird he killed. <laughs> That's fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking sick. No, I, yeah, I really being, hope being able to find them motivation and drive to like you know yeah succeed in some some other field like that pretty cool i mean i just enjoy dota and i've kind of come to terms with you know sometimes i i really think that there's only one life for us and sometimes i get worried that like i'm not doing enough or i'm not going to be happy enough with um what i chose and i i'm afraid i'm so afraid that like in my 60s and stuff i'll have regrets and be like could have been a lawyer could have done this could have done that but like not every life is meant to change the entire world Sometimes mm-hmm. I can just remember that I can be happy and that I'm enjoying myself right now and I don't have to think so far in the future about like anything that I do. Right now I enjoy Dota and it doesn't have to be much more than that. And I don't have to like stress or pain. So I, I still continue to enjoy it and I'll probably still continue to do it for a little bit, but um personally speaking, uh it it'll be hard when I have to eventually move. And that time is coming sooner than later for me in terms of coaching. I, uh, I I haven't actually talked to you about this, but I do have the general feeling that uh, you're only going to be coaching for another year or two. And that's kind of in my head what I imagine is going on with you. Is this yeah. uh, is that is that true? Is that 
Is this a sort of like, I want to win TI first thing? Like, uh, what's going on I definitely want to... The thing is, I no longer... This sounds really bad, but winning TI is no longer the highest priority in my life like it used to be. I just want to have a good time with the friends that I have. Mm-hmm. And I want to make a lot of memories. And of course, winning is a good way to do that. And that is still like my priority. It's not going to determine my happiness to the level that it used to. Because I feel like getting third at TI is it's a good accomplishment, right? There's very few yeah. people that have done it. And you're making a really deep run in a tournament filled with superstars and you should be happy and at the time when i wanted to do stuff i felt like i always wanted to do stuff to prove people wrong and it was always for the wrong reasons you know i'd say like oh once i get this i'm gonna fucking like rub it in their faces and nowadays i'm really trying to just be okay with me and be happy and exist for myself um and just be happy with myself and part of that is like accepting that the results might not come and that's okay that won't determine the rest of my life and that this is just like a small snapshot of like what will happen in my life. And, you know, I don't want wins or losses to determine like my ultimate happiness at all times like it used to. So if I if I win TI, if I don't win TI, like I'll have some regrets, sure, but I'll be OK. You know, it'll be all right, regardless of what happens. I'm really lucky because I get to work with people that I really care about and that love me and like are just good people to be around. You know, I feel like so many people in life get shafted because they just don't get to work with very nice people. And so, like, they're at the shit end of the spectrum at all times, you know, because it's just like, fuck me. I have to, like, work with this asshole and it's so unpleasant and life is so unfair because this one guy ruins my life. I don't have that in my life. You know, I'm so lucky because every single day that I work, I get to wake up in the morning. I get to see, you know, I get to see jabs who's one of my best friends in the world and like my fucking brother. I would I would actually uh take a bullet for that guy. You know, every single day he improves me as a person. You know, there's like so many things that I learned from him even though it was supposed to be the other way around and uh how many jobs give you that opportunity, right? To like really actively learn from your coworkers and like not just be a better coach and like professionally and stuff, but being a better person. There's probably yeah, very there's few lot, There's a lot of people who uh their coworkers make them become shittier people. Yeah. You know, Aiden uh, once told me that, like, sometimes I'm not the easiest person in the world to talk to because I'm so dead set on my own beliefs and views. And I really took that to heart and I really, like, try to be more open with him and, like, his perspective more. And uh, that's somebody that cares about me because they care enough to tell me a hard truth. Mm-hmm. And most of your coworkers in life, they won't because it's it's hard to have those kinds of conversations. But, you know, Aiden's willing to tell me that and really, like, open up some wounds to like get me to be a better person and jabs is like hey man you know like you can just trust me if something's bothering you just like talk to me and like open up more and i think you probably recognize it in our friendship too that i'm a lot more open about things uh about how i feel about you too you know i'll say like hey man you really mean a lot to me i probably learned a lot about that from jabs just like getting to be a better human being at all times you know and matu and jesse taught me to like exist within myself and not care so much about what other people think or say just kind of enjoy yourself mm-hmm. you know so th- that's my priority in life nowadays which probably isn't the best thing for liquid here because they're like oh our coach doesn't care about winning like of course <laughs> i care about winning that's my livelihood and what continues this but at the same time like is it the overwhelming objective in my life no it's just to try and be happy and try to understand the things that make me happy and advance that forward little by little wow and I- ideally the in the perfect world uh, becoming a better person would uh, help you be a better coach and yeah, of course. Of course. Team win TI. I mean, I think it does. Comes true, but 
I mean, look at the loyalty that these guys have for me too, because they know that I really care about them and their careers as well. I yeah. think uh, if you talk to Max about me, you know, you would say the same things, I would hope, because I would always say, I would uh, try and take care of him as if he was one of my own always. So, and I'm trying to make sure that like, that's the way that I do business. And I, I don't really want to compromise on that anymore. Mm. So, you know, we stuck with Boxy, even when he had to take that break. And, you know, that obviously wasn't great for us competitively, but everyone fucking made that choice. And they fucking did it without a moment's hesitation because of what he was going through at the time. There was no fucking hesitation at all. Like, are we going to keep Sumel, you know, so we have a better chance at TI? Or, like, are we going to let Boxy in like we said we would? Everybody fucking said, are you out of your mind? Of course we're going to take Boxy. You know, like, that shit brings me to tears, knowing that, like, my team understands that that was more important than, like, whatever short-term success that we were going to have with Sumel, who obviously was a great player, and, like, it wasn't really his fault. He was in a shitty situation. But, like, that level of loyalty, I'll never forget. In my lifetime, that'll be the thing that really... Even more than our third place TI run is that when somebody needed us, we were there for them back. And uh, those moments are like what define you as a human being, not whether or not like we win TI. I'll remember when Aiden told me that like what Boxy says goes. Like if he wants to fucking play, he's playing. I don't care how rusty he is, how shitty he is, like fucking run it. You know, we said we'd fucking do it, we're gonna do it. Like there was no hesitation, there was just fucking determination. Obviously, we didn't make it to TI that year, but look at how fucking well this guy now played at TI. You know, we got third place because of of this guy's efforts. That fucking meant something. And life's usually not that nice and it doesn't reward you in that way and it could have gone the other way where we didn't you know, even get through last chance but we fucking didn't. So it had a nice happy ending and everyone gets to go home with like a smile on their face. Yeah, it's nice to know that uh, sometimes when you uh, put good out in the world it does come back. And uh, of course. you guys are definitely a great example of that. I mean, Seb told me at ESL Stockholm he said I, I'll never forget this. We were playing Mafia, and I was just talking to Seb, and I was like, man, it's such a fucking hard year. You know, we just keep sucking when it comes to these lands and stuff. And then he was like, hey, man, you know, you guys are doing the right things. I know what you're doing. Like, you're really trying your best to, like, you know, do things the right way. Like, the wins might not come to you, like, right the second. And it, you might not even win in the ways that you expect. You know, you might not win in Dota, but, you know, you guys are winning in life, and that stuff will come back to you at some point. And I really appreciated that. That really kept me going for a long time when he was just like, you know, just keep doing you. Life rewards you in the ways that, like, you never really expect and you'll just, like, get better about stuff. So I no, really appreciated really cool. that. Yeah, I really appreciated that. In that moment, like, those guys I take a lot of inspiration from, from the OG guys. I feel like they do things the right way. Uh, Seb, Notel, you know. I, I don't really talk to Notel as much as I'd like, but Seb especially, he's been such a big inspiration. Because I feel like as much of a shithead he, as he was in the past, and like, you know, now <laughs> he's, I feel like he's a fucking mature boss. Yeah. And when yeah, I say yeah. like shithead in the past, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I always yeah. liked him, but his internet personality was like abrasive for some people. Yeah, but I always his, liked his him. His pubbing so. personality was not great. Yeah. yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. And it's, you know, sadly, the, you know, the bad moments are always going to get spread around and, and memed far more than the uh, the good moments. So yeah, yeah. So not everybody gets that um, you know that full picture, the complexity of mm. of uh, who people are. I just uh, only hear about what's kind of the the most popular thing, which is usually negative. Yeah, I really you know, and on that note, I really appreciated like everything Kuro and uh, Puppy said during their interviews and stuff like that. I thought their like responses to losing were so fucking mature. 
Because oh, I really yeah, think they, that's those how you... were great interviews. If, if yeah. anybody's listening hasn't seen those, go out of your way to watch the uh, the season I mean, one interviews with uh, Puppy and Crow. I enjoyed memeing it up, but those probably mattered more. The shit was Quinn was so fucking funny though. I don't regret <laughs> that at all. <laughs> that was a a very fucking very funny moment. I think uh, Liquid probably didn't think it was very liquid. You know. <laughs> I was just fucking Maybe going this in. Is not very on really brand for us. Yeah, William. exactly. But I was like, "Fuck it," you know. I'm gonna fucking send it. <laughs> Quinn's a good sport. He's gonna appreciate this, and I'm just yeah, gonna have Quinn, fun. Yeah, Quinn's now. like the perfect person, uh, at least when it comes to your competitors within EU. He's like uh, one of the only guys you could do something like that with. Yeah. So now, as I get closer to the end and end, I just want to have fun, and Quinn's a good guy to have fun with because he just like doesn't give a shit. So why should I, you know, just yeah. enjoy myself? I hate when people are like waiting for Quinn or me to lose now because we fucking had some like very light, gentle banter where both of us enjoyed it. <laughs> now it's yeah. like, I can't fucking wait till they get humbled. Like, bro, <laughs> you know, like, just let people just enjoy life a little bit. It's still harmless, you know, we're just yeah. flaming each other. And I'm sure they'll beat us in the season. I'm positive of that because it's how Dota works. And he's going to go in and I'll fucking take it on the chin and I'll smile and I'll enjoy it. And nobody has to be mad for me, you know? Oh, yeah. If if <laughs> if, if uh, they end up beating you guys, whenever, if Quinn does not end up on the post-game interview, then somebody has done something horrifically wrong. Yeah, they fucked up. Because yeah. Quinn needs to gonna go talk in some, at me. He's going to talk some talk. <laughs> I fucking hope he does, too. I hope Quinn yeah. fucking goes up there, calls me a fucking trash can and a reject. Like, I hope he really just, like, picks up the ball and runs with it, you know, scores 50 <laughs> touchdowns on my head. I hope that man does victory laps on my fucking grave. You know, I hope he curses my bloodline. Tells me that, like, I can name my future son Quinn because he's their father. Like, <laughs> I hope that man really just fucking takes me to town. Because I'll enjoy it, you know, I'll fucking smile on my face. Yeah. All right, William. You got anything else? Nah, this was fun. I enjoyed this. Our season yeah, has been a blast. Too. You know, I hope everybody had a good time watching it. I know you couldn't watch it because you're fucking stuck in Southeast Asia. Not saying stuck is though that's like a bad thing. That makes yeah, it sound just, like way worse. <laughs> watch in the, the being in Southeast Asia and trying to watch European games is uh yeah, it's just not gonna it's probably one of the, the worst regions for uh for that. Especially for me, because you know, I get jet lagged and then I I wake up with the sun, so when your guys' games are like 3 a.m., there's no fucking way I'm watching that. Who's uh, who's like the shit in C? Who do I got to watch out for at the major? Uh, Execration were the ones who uh, who went out on top. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not sure if they you actually have to worry about them. Uh because <laughs> all the C games, you saw our average like uh, average game time was something like 45 minutes. Like we were by far the region that had the longest games. Uh, Dota is just like the Dota has been very messy. Uh, and Execration got bopped by uh, I don't remember who it was like Geek Slate or somebody. It was like two like 25 minute games. Uh, so I actually, I mean, maybe execration will actually, uh, fill that hole, but they seem to, they're very inconsistent when it I comes see. to, uh, that fucking March, man. 
Koreans run the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe March can actually like uh, fix that part of the game, and then they'll they'll actually be really solid. But right now, it feels like they've got a, a huge hole in that I regard. I love March. He's such a boss. Yeah, he's like he the nicest beast. guy. He only ever roots for other people's successes. You yeah. know how fucking rare that is in this world. Yeah. Even if I would, I would actually say the the scarier team is uh, Geek Slate, Martin Sunby. Those are my boys for life. Yeah, I just I take pride in like watching Koreans do well. I just I want them to do well. Yeah, you've got a uh, Dubu now in Southeast Asia too. Yeah, I love Dubu. You know, he came mm. up to us at the uh, at the TI after party. Mm. He said, "Oh, I was with Tofu. He just fucking ignored me." You know, he was like, "Tofu, all my friends." All my fans say that you're the hottest Dota player. And then he was just like, you know, what kind of, what? who's your, like, ideal woman? You know, he's like, Tofu, like, who do you find, like, who, you know, who would entice you? You know, if a fan was trying to, like, be with you or something. Uh-huh. And then Tofu's like, yeah, I'm not really sure. You know, he's being very, like, I he's aware that he's got camera and he's kind of drunk with me. And then he's yeah, like, yeah. let me, and then he doesn't really answer. And then Dubu was like, let me describe my perfect woman. He's like, she's beautiful. She's smart. She's my wife, you fucking losers. <laughs> and he, just, he just left. I was like, what the fuck? It was so God fucking damn, funny. That's a Chad move right there. Yeah, Holy he was fuck. like, it's my fucking wife, you fucking losers. I was like, okay, <laughs> dude. Go on, King. You know, he fucking owned us. You can find the bottom of that. That was a real, that's exactly how that happened. He was just like, you fucking losers. I've got a wife and you don't. I was like, okay. Well, wait, I mean, it was, this was on camera. Like, what What was this exactly? There's a TI after party. You just decided to fucking stream it, fucking little clown. Oh. Fucking funny as hell. Funny as fuck, dude. But yeah, I, w- I would say uh, Geek Slate, just because they've got, they've got some, like, relatively young talent. I think their offlaner forces a beast. They've got, uh, you know, the the Hustler, that, that Mongolian player who was, like, playing on C teams and European teams. Uh, now he's now he's on uh, Geek Slate, and you know, I mean that that guy was pretty good when he was like on 200 ping playing on European teams or whatever. So, oh, that's sick. But Fnatic just like fucking shit the bed. Who else was it? What, what happened to fucking uh, Boom? They have like X Nova and shit, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. They, they, both of those teams. I mean, uh, Fnatic. I kind of get. Uh, I definitely didn't expect Boom. To, to fucking fall apart. I think uh honestly their um their their change of players, maybe it's just uh leadership wise, they, they just fucking lost out. Because Skim Skim's the one on Geek Slate. So yeah. I, I think he was probably a huge factor in their success from a shot calling perspective. Because he was playing I support see. for them and so Okay, that makes sense. Uh Hold on, let me just load up the other... Fnatic, Fnatic just, like, kind of look like ass. To be That's honest. unfortunate. Just, none of their players I like, really, uh, like... DJ's so sick, and KP is... I, I like KP a lot. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Feels like KP's, like, maybe his playstyle or something just doesn't really fit. They're still doing, like, kind of weird KP heroes for him, and it's not really working. I think, uh... I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to go too far on this because, uh, you know, I've been spending a whole lot of time with, with the the C fans in in chat, and Gabby does not look great. 
I see. The, the fans are tearing a him a fucking new one, man. They 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 want him out and never to play professionally ever again. But uh, oh damn, they're just like, dude, you need <laughs> to get a new fucking job. I mean, I mean, you remember like whenever it came to watching C games, those those fans are the goddamn. They are always the most yeah. savage. They are sure. absolutely brutal. What the? Uh, maybe this is a bit controversial, but did the fucking like. Did uh, what's his name? The dude on SMG. Did he ever say anything about the whole situation? Oh um, yeah. Well, he didn't really. Never... So he did a long form interview with Avo. They did do content yeah. in that regard. And I don't think I think I watched the full interview. And yeah. Avo never explicitly asked about it. Uh, okay. But they did talk about Midwan's ambitions and stuff like that. Um. So I do think that if you watch that interview, there's maybe like some illusions, uh, uh, like he's he alludes to it maybe a little bit in the regards of like what his motivations are and like how he's pushing himself and his team. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but he doesn't yeah. really like talk about no, no, his like thought process or anything like that. No, we had, we had Ninja Boogie on the panel all the time. Yeah, that's what I meant. Was... I was like, wasn't it fucking awkward when he had to do like <laughs> interviews and stuff? Did he say I mean, anything? There was, there was one time where they did win, and Ninja Boogie was on the panel, and I know Ninja Boogie was he was prepped for if Midwan showed up uh, for for the post game interview, but uh, they they he was not the one who ended up doing it. I think it was Moon. I see. I see. But okay, weird, weird guy. Yeah. I don't know. That shit's so weird to me. Because the thing is, I don't think Ninja Boogie is like, or um, Mid One's like a bad guy. I know a lot of people that have teamed with him that have nothing but nice things to say. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not saying like Ninja Boogie's experience is invalid or anything like that, but it'd be fucking good to know like what the fuck happened there. Yeah, because yeah, it just yeah. sounds like wild. When it, when everything that you hear about the guy seems like oh he seems decent and then something like that comes along where it's like okay that is a yeah it's just so out of the act. ordinary you you want to know what his side of the story is because yeah just to, so to fucking be weird frank I don't character. think there is a side of the story that it, it, like absolves him entirely uh, no no not but... at all but I just want to know like the halfway point of like yeah listen yeah, exactly. I'm a fucking dumbass but here we go. I mean, what he did was fucked. What the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah, but like, what it, what was the thought process here? Like, yeah. You know, you just decide that like crack was like your fucking drink of choice. <laughs> did you think like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he stayed in the upper division, so. Yeah, yeah just it's fucking better. wild. That's, that's better than uh, what it, what it started out to be. It looked like he was going down to lower division with Fnatic. So <sighs> fucking Ninja Boogie, like preying on his downfall every <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit, for sure, for sure. Where were you guys again? Ninja, Ninja Boogie was pretty funny. Uh, we were in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, okay. Ninja Boogie has talent. Uh, was actually probably the the standout for me. Uh, so you guys are in Malaysia. You know how like the at like five a.m. they do like the fucking call the prayer yeah yeah it's like you know ninja boogie wakes up and he's like please smite this motherfucker get him out of here he's not religious at all but he's still praying his goddamn soul out he's waking up at 5 45 a.m every day please take this man out uh no but i i respect that he's like still willing to do the region and like just fucking 
You know, he has professionalism and stuff like that because it can't be easy. Yeah, yeah. There were there were definitely some moments where I I definitely was like, oh man, he's he's not over it, but he was entertaining all the same, you know. And that's that's I think uh, that actually adds a little bit of edge, you know, to the to the broadcast when it's like some real emotions, but you're still able to be entertaining. Makes uh makes the whole product uh, more authentic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, C was good. I had a great time. Good. I mean, everybody you worked with was also super nice. Yeah. So. I mean, except Avo. That guy. That guy's a piece of that guy's. A yeah, piece I understand that. Fuck that dude. Dumbass. Yeah, but everybody else's was great. Oh, what happened in Div 2 today? I was out all day, so I didn't even get to see. Uh, Alliance uh, Alliance lost, and Ancient Tribe lost. The two open, uh, the two qualifier teams won. Uh, which, okay. I mean, I it, maybe it will be competitive and stuff, but I honestly just assumed that this means that uh, I kind of assumed that the winners of today's matches are going to be number one and number two. That's Wait, kind of how oh, I looked at it. Because Rito I, Thunders. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and uh, Mona, and Mona Mona Spa? Yeah, because I figure it's like the way I look at it is those two teams and Alliance and Ancient Tribe were like the four teams vying for first and second. So mm-hmm. I kind of assumed that. I mean, when you already have taken down one of the teams, you're in a really good spot. Yeah. What? Let me just look at alliances draft real fast. I just want to know what happened here. I I thought for sure they were they were good. You know, like alliance. They've got a lot of talent. They've got good players. Like you guys, uh, S four is the king. Did you guys scrim alliance at all? No, I don't think so. Their Ooh, their like, timing is probably guys, different. Yeah, I know you guys scrimmed uh, EG or uh, yeah, Shopify. Shopify yeah. Uh, did you guys scrim any Div two teams in that prep? Uh, let me actually give me a second. I can help yeah, you yeah. out here and just tell you straight up who we played. Okay. I mean, that's not really confidential info, right? Just not results or anything. I mean, this, who we played. This, yeah, the fact that you played, who we especially now that played, the season yeah. is over. Yeah. I think we played Waterrune Enjoyers once. Oh, okay. Uh, they're Div 2, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We played Waterrune Enjoyers, and then aside from that, it looks like we just played Div 1 teams. Okay. We played a lot against um, Tundra, Entity, Shopify and Bedboom. Actually, our uh, Bedboom I was going to ask if you guys played against Bedboom because that was always the thing, right? Western Europe would play yeah, Eastern Europe, and it's such. so fucking funny. Like, and I mean, I, mean, I think they, I don't. It doesn't really matter, but like, we just trade stomps. They stomp us, we stomp them. Like in the oh, best really? of two, yeah. Game one, they always stomp us, and game two, we stomp them, and it keeps going in a circle. <laughs> so it'll be really fun to see, like, you know, what ends up happening on land. I, they're yeah. obviously really fucking good, like. They're not going to be easy to prepare for or play against. No, that, I mean, that team seems crazy fucking stacked. I, w- I would yeah. love to see them in Western Europe just because mm-hmm. I feel like the, their competition in Eastern Europe is not particularly No, it's not strong. that hard. Yeah. Um, but I really think that they'll uh, they'll be good. I, I know everyone's saying like, oh, but as soon as they play one game on land and they lose, which might be fucking true, but, you know, might, might just fucking be none. They might just be fucking great win all the time yeah so you never really fucking know about these things it's hard to tell 
you know, the TI moments weren't great, but it is what it is. Save the beast. Their team's really good. Pure is like 40 KMMR or some shit. You never <laughs> yeah, really remember, know what these uh, things. I think there was an interview recently that I read. And one of the things was GBK, I think, said that he took time to, uh, after TI, to like work more on his mental. And like he didn't actually play that much Dota and focus God more. Damn. On Motherfucker finally body. fixed his only flaw. <laughs> We're done for. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how much, you know, you can put in the work. It doesn't mean you fix the problem, but yeah. it, it's a good start. It's a good start. I saw, I saw Dondo survived NA as well for one season. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Good for him. My I, girlfriend I mean, is the biggest Dondo fan, so oh, really? know, I didn't hope know that that, uh, that works out for him. I mean, I he's not he harming anybody. A... He's just trying to fucking make his dream happen. Like, how do you hate on somebody for doing that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the only the only hate that I'll have towards Dendy is he's given way too much of a good name to the NA server. This motherfucker over here is validating USC's matchmaking, and I will not stand for it. That's right? absolutely a mistake, Dondo. That you're, yeah, well, like th- this your positivity has so much knows goodwill. no bounds. <laughs> like, yeah, like th- if there's one thinks... server to flame. <laughs> This guy shows up and he's playing with like, you know, top 100 NA players and he's a fucking legend and a super nice guy. Like, I have no doubt he is affecting, you know, the the actual uh, matchmaking and performance in that regard. He, though I say yeah. he said, ah, the only time it's bad is if I get like below, you know, 500 rank. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's where I live. Like, you know, you're you're up here like two blocks down. You're saying the neighborhood's fucking great. And, and meanwhile, I'm afraid to step out of my fucking building. You know, and I hear you saying the this city is fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's just he's in the gentrified part of the neighborhood. <laughs> he really is. He really is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he survived. It got six. I mean, to be honest, NA went almost exactly as... You I really predicted. thought uh, TSM was gonna lose to uh, to Shopify. Oh, Shopify. To say. I mean, you guys yeah, you, yeah. did you guys scrim TSM at all? Um, no, I don't believe we did, which is uh, a bit surprising because maybe schedules just didn't line up or something like that. But I like all their players a lot. I like Ari. I think he's super talented. Uh, I mean, yeah, I you, you talked about a lot last podcast that you pointed Moon in his direction. Yeah, I like Ari. I think um, Whitemon, from what I hear from everybody, he's just a really nice, solid dude. Uh, Tomato's a piece of sh- No, I'm just kidding. He's great. <laughs> I like Bryle a lot as well. Um, I don't really know much about Kasane, so can't really comment, but very lovely. Moon I've known for fucking ever, and Moon's just such a good guy. He really is. Like He, he won't listen to this either, but he's a fucking king and a half. <laughs> you know, he came up to me drunk at the after party i think of ti and he's like i think i was the problem at dc and he's like i'm really sorry bro and i was like dude don't say that wow. you know you're fucking great guy like you know you're shucking it didn't work teams don't work sometimes it fucking happens dota's a fickle game you never yeah. know sometimes what'll work and what doesn't and no one person has ever like the fault except for matu you know fuck that guy <laughs> but no one person determines anything Actually, had such a funny interaction too. I just remember the TI after party. It was like I, I was in an elevator with Gork going up to the TI after party, and I was like, yeah. 
yo, you beating Alliance was so fucking funny. And he's like, I fucking folded that org. He was so happy. And I was so happy for it. Not that I was like praying on their downfall or anything, but it's such an unreal situation, you know? It's like, yeah, it's so yeah, surreal. Yeah. That's what the word for it. It's surreal. You just didn't expect that to happen. And then fucking Gork just rolls in, you know, ball swing. He's so happy about it. And I was happy for him because he was so happy about it. He was like, really yeah. just enjoying himself that I was like hyping him up. Our team, let me say, has never loved Gork more than in that moment because of how fucking funny that was. Because it spawned <laughs> so many memes too, you know? It's like I mean, yeah, he bounced him so hard that he ended up taking one of their players. Yeah, it's you like... Know, uh, fucking Weehaw on his team. <laughs> the ultimate disrespect now. Yeah, that's yeah. just so fucking... And then I, I remember Saberlight saying, it's like, imagine you train for two weeks to play in like the most important thing of your life and then you lose to fucking... to Gork. It's like, oh god! I felt February twelfth so is when Alliance and Bald play in in the new year. I can't wait. That'll be. I'm gonna whatever I'm doing at that moment. I don't care. Like this is taking precedence. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the number one thing in my life that I have to like look out for. I don't give a shit what's happening. Birth of my non-existent kid. Somebody's wedding. I'm watching that. In the bathroom, I don't, I don't care. You know, I'm just hiding away, fucking tucked away. Like, what's going on? Is Gork winning? <laughs> the uh, I'm I'm looking at it now. I'm thinking about it. The, since the upper division happens first, it gets you a big uh, perspective on what the league is going to look like next season. And so I feel like if you're Alliance, Ancient Tribe, and then the two qualifier teams, who I think are like the top four of the yeah. that whole area. You really got to get into upper division this fucking season because next season <laughs> you're going to have fucking secret. Yeah. <laughs> and ITB seem like they're no slouches either. But like more importantly, you're, you're going to have fucking secret. Yeah. Like you, you ain't getting good, a dude. slot. You're not going to get into in the fucking third season upper division. You you got to make it into the second. <laughs> That's yeah, the dude, only puppy way to ain't going to take that disrespect for long. He's going <laughs> to yeah. he's on the climb. <laughs> My brother is on the real hashtag ascent. Yeah, he's, he's, really he's gonna, gonna grind up some fucking scrub ass 10k players and uh and start getting his protein for making puppy. the upper division run bad. You dumbasses think like you're gonna run the table on puppy? <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. Arrogance. You better get the fuck out right now right now. <laughs> yeah. Basically it's like if you don't get out this season, you ain't getting out at all. Yeah, that's that shit's actually tough. That's a good point, actually. Also, yeah, ITB super sick team, a lot of promise. Yeah, I felt like they went in the wrong direction. Like eventually, they just stopped getting better. Uh -huh. But their initial takes on the game, I thought, were really good, and I think they were actually super clever. I think they probably just lost confidence in ideas because they were playing poorly, and then it, you know when things just don't break your way, so you're not really sure if it's you or like your ideas, and then you just kind of like lose sight of it all, and it's just mm -hmm. not good because nothing's working. That's probably a little bit of what happened here, where. You know, things aren't working. You're not really winning. And so you you just go the opposite way. Instead of, like, building upon your success, you just probably strip it away little by little. But those guys have a lot of talent and promise. So I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, they, actually, they now, now like that nice I look guys. at it, they won their... So they, it was their second series yeah. uh, that they won against Nigma, And then they played up against Tundra immediately after that, took one game there, and then the rest were 0 twos. So they really did backslide. Yeah, so I, I just think that there's probably some level of like confidence affecting you where 
you know, you're not winning. Ultimately, if you're not winning, you don't really feel the progress in the same way, right? Yeah. Because you think to yourself, like, yeah, I mean, the games are close, but we're still fucking losing. Yeah, maybe, maybe How much you feel like mean? maybe you're just going down the wrong route. Yeah. And so you backtrack. If they were, I think, a little bit, if they had a little bit more confidence in their ideas and stuff like that, like, maybe they could have gone down a much better path. But good, talented guys, you know, I really think that we'll meet them in the future. So, and the tiebreakers are funny shit too. Man, watching that was like peak. Being <laughs> not being a part of a tiebreaker and watching tiebreakers is, you know, Moon said it best. It's just the fucking best. Yeah, yeah. I spent so my uh, funny. my flight back from Kuala Lumpur watching, uh, watching or trying to watch the second round. Yeah, I- I'm so impressed with Entity. You know, they start the season, they get. They get beat 2-1 by GG in a series where I think they probably felt like they should have won. They get a nice little recovery game. Then they get fucking smacked up by us. Like, we fucking pwned them. Um, <laughs> and then I think their confidence is probably not amazing, but they fucking mentally recovered and just ran the table. You know? They had some... Re- a lot of their games... 2-1 Tundra after that and 2-0 yeah. Nigma at the end. These guys really could have uh, done a lot better. Like, their record could look a lot lot better um a lot of their losses aside from maybe the one to us were very uh winnable series like the og series very winnable um the uh gladiator series super winnable like these guys could also just straight up be six and one you know the margin for victory at this level is especially in western europe is like it's so fucking thin you never really know they did go uh in the end they (laughs) they were at some point they were one in four against og but then, yeah. that sixth when it game, they went Nobody two and four. Six times. <laughs> yeah. All right, but that's it for me. All right. Seems like a nice natural stopping point. Yeah. Good talk, William. For sure, buddy.